welcome to season number five of the Get Your Money Right podcast. The podcast where not only do we want you to get your money, we want you to get your money right. I'm the Money Misfit, and I'll be your host on this show as we try to reveal the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth when it comes to you and your money. And if you're finally ready to take it to the next level, head over and go pick up one of our free resources at yourmoneyright.com. Again, that's yourmoneyright.com. What's the good news, people? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where we talk about money like it's everybody's business. Because I truly believe if we're not good with money, it's because we don't talk about money. And this show is designed to change just that. I am your host, the Money Misfit, Jamar Dupas, and this is episode number 71. And today, today we're going to talk about credit cards. Yeah, I know, the big scary CC. We're going to talk about credit cards today, and today we're going to talk about credit cards, but how to use credit cards in a smart and safe way. And it's going to be fun. If this is your first time tuning in, I'd like to say welcome, welcome, thanks for coming here. don't know how you found me, but I appreciate you being here. This is a different type of personal finance podcast. We talk about money as it relates to real life, how you can go from the average, the career, the job, the 401k to extraordinary and not just extraordinary, but your definition of extraordinary. How do you use money to live the life that you want to live? How do you do it appropriately for you? How do you go through the thought processes? How do you utilize these things to design the lifestyle that you want? Because we all know that it takes money to live in this world today And we want to be able to utilize it to the best of our abilities. And so that's what we talk about. If you want to find out more about what we do and how we do it, head over to our website at yourmoneyright.com. Again, that's yourmoneyright.com. For those of you who also are new here, let me let out a disclaimer here. I am not a financial advisor, right? I don't even work in the financial industry. I'm just a firefighter (laughs) with a wife who stays at home. She's our chief home officer. We got four kids and a dog couple of cars take a few trips throughout the year we'd kind of do you know cool things right we got a decent lifestyle so i'm not a financial advisor i don't sell insurances i don't you know i'm not connected to wall street in any way i don't have any of that stuff i'm just a person that got tired of wondering where my money went and decided to do something about it we learned some cool things along the way and we decided to share this with you so i don't know anything about your situation i don't know anything about your temperament I don't anything about your finances, so just take what I say and you utilize it uh, to your best ability. And if you need to, if you want to, if you're inclined to seek out professional help, we also do private consultations. If you need some help with some money, want some more insight about how we do things, we do do one-on-one consultations. Of course, you can email me at jamar at yourmoneyright.com. That's jamar, J-A-R-M-A-R at yourmoneyright.com. So let's get on with the show. What are we talking about today? Today should be a quick one. I'm going to run through this because believe it or not, it's not rocket surgery, but you've probably not heard this method of utilizing credit cards. 
right? And you're probably surprised to hear a guy on a financial podcast talk about the use of credit cards. Usually what you hear is just cut them up, stay away from them. They're all bad credit cards, the devil and all that good stuff. But I'm not one of those people that believe that. I believe that bricks can knock you out, but they can also build a sturdy house, right? And it's the same thing with credit cards or any other tool that's out there in the financial industry. Maybe all tools other than like payday loans or something, right? I'm not going to say that I'm a big fan of those. Uh, But anyway, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how to use credit cards a smart and safe way and basically how we use it. And you can decide what you want to do with it. You know, if you want to run with it or if you don't, you still want to avoid it, you want to stay away from it. Um, We're going to talk about it uh, if you do want to kind kind of be responsible uh, when it comes to this. So so why did I even decide to talk about this in the first place? Well, last week we talked about the Equifax. We talked about the data breaches. We talked about protecting your your identity and things like that. And I threw out there in last week's episode that we use credit cards for everything. And I felt like it may be a little bit irresponsible of me to sit there and say, we utilize credit cards for everything and not tell you how we use credit cards. Because sometimes I forget that the way we do things, not everybody else does them that way. And a lot of times people use credit cards the way the big banks and credit card companies have designed you for you to use them. And we don't, right? We don't use them the way that they designed for us to use them. We are what's known as a deadbeat to the credit card industry. And that's a a real thing. And a deadbeat is somebody who pays no interest on their credit cards, right? And you may be thinking off the top of your head, well, that's fine. Or maybe maybe you know somebody like that. Maybe it sounds cool. It's like, you know, maybe that's you. You don't pay any interest and maybe you just pay off the full balance every month. And while that may be cool, I want to talk talk to you about why they may be that may be dangerous as well. Because it's not necessarily that you do it, but how it gets done. So we're going to talk about that. So anyway, let's get on to it. So again, that's why I decided to talk about this, because last week I threw that out. And episode 70 was a really good one. I got a lot of good feedback. If you have any concerns about your data, your identity, or even if you don't, go back and make sure you're listening to that and take those steps that I talked about. Because freezing your credit alone won't save you. Right. Because even though people freeze, you can freeze your credit. It doesn't stop people from putting things on your credit report. Okay, I can't stress that enough. I know this because I've been through this (laughs) with the credit freeze and all that good stuff. So anyway, go back and listen to that if you're interested in in your protecting your identity and some of the techniques that we utilize. But again, like I said, one of the techniques we use is uh, using credit cards. Now, you need to understand the credit card game, where credit cards came from, what they what they want you to do, how they make their money and all that type of stuff. So once you kind of have that type of insight about how credit cards make their money and where they want you to slip up at, you'll understand that the reason why we do it this way, you'll understand more of why we do it the way we do it. Right. So credit card companies, what they want you to do is uh, be able to spend your money as conveniently as possible. You may be thinking, well, yeah, that's the same thing as a debit card. The difference is credit cards know that if you really want something and it's an impulse buy, you don't necessarily care if the money is in your account, but if the credit card goes through, if the money is available on the balance, whether or not you have the money in the account or not, what, what will likely happen is you will purchase it. 
right? And then you will do whatever it takes to try to pay it off. What they want you to do is not necessarily pay it off, but maybe pay it off over several years, pay the minimums. And then how they make their money from there is they make their money off the interest, right? So if you buy something that's $100 and you take five years to pay it off, it's probably going to actually end up costing you $300, right? Because that's, that's how they make their money. They make their money on the interest, right? But they also make their money on the transactions because every time you a merchant uh, swipes a card or you swipe a card at your merchant your grocery store whatever the credit card company gets a slice of that pie so every transaction that goes on in the country in the world with the visa mastercard or whatever logo they get a slice of that transaction one percent half percent two percent two point seven percent just kind of depends on the merchants and stuff like that but they get a piece of the pie every time you purchase something so it is in their best interest to get you to buy as many things as possible and make as many transactions as possible because why they get paid off of it they get paid off of your consumption and if you're in the united states you know that we like to consume we are a consumer society and they know that so then we we just kind of fall in line right we just fall in line like everybody else we buy we spend money on there. The next thing you know, we miss a payment or we can't quite pay the full amount and it just starts to creep bigger and bigger. And then the next thing you know, we're getting ready. To, we're going to max out our card and then we can't pay the minimums because then the minimums increase. And then as the minimums increase, you know, your bills start to pile up and you start noticing that you start getting behind and you have a late payment. Then you have a late fee and that late fee really jacks you up because like, man, look, I was barely making the minimums. Now I have a minimum plus the late fee on top of that. And then I get maxed out. Then I got to over, you know, a max out fee right because i'm i'm over the limit so i got that fee and then this thing just starts to roll around they change your credit rate it goes sky high and then it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and you get further and further behind you get to the point where look i just i can't even pay this thing off anymore then this thing gets charged off onto your account your credit gets all jacked up and then now it's back in collections collections get passed that around a few times people get calling you stop answering your phone and then just life is miserable and you blame the credit card companies how do i know this story so well well, <laughs> I lived through it. It was me. I've been there. I have been a credit card hater, right? I, when we first started getting our money right, we were doing a Dave Ramsey thing. We were going through, we were all out against the credit card companies. They were just evil organizations of people who were just taking advantage of folks and everything like that. And the, the that's not untrue, <laughs> right? The problem with having that mentality is we, we don't take responsibility. We play the victim, right? And I'm no victim. And I encourage you not to play the victim role either. Because the victim role is a, not a place of empowerment. You will always be disempowered by playing the victim and not taking responsibility for your actions, right? Credit card companies do their thing and that's the way to do the thing. And we know it, right? It's not like it's a secret. We know we don't have the money. But we buy it anyway. It is a dishonest way to make purchases, right? When you know you don't have the money, you lying to yourself, right? And then you just try to make up for it. And I'm saying you you should never borrow money to to do things. But the, the the point I'm trying to make is we can take responsibility for it. And if you are a credit card hater. Trust me, I know it. I've been there. I've done it. I've I've had multiple cards get charged off and go into collections and I couldn't keep up with. 
and and I just I just did things the wrong way. And so that's what I want to talk about next. So here's how not to use credit cards, right? We know how they make how they make money, but here's here's how not to use credit cards. Uh, don't use credit cards for emergencies, especially if you don't have the cash or capital to back it up, right? Because if you're in a pinch, you've fallen on hard times, you've lost your job or whatever the case may be, the last thing you want to do is create more bills for yourself, right? That is the time when you don't need any more payments, where you don't need any more debt, where you don't need to add on to your own burden because you're in an emergency. (laughs) You're falling on hard times. So credit cards are not ideal for emergencies. So don't get a credit card and think to yourself, I'm going to use this for emergencies. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. These are not for emergencies. Also, don't pay interest, right? And I don't care who tells you, because I I get this a lot, that people are putting stuff on their credit cards so, and they keep a small balance so they can get credit for it so they can build their credit score. Anybody who tells you that you need to carry a balance and pay interest to build your credit score is lying to you, Right? They either outright lying or they're just ignorant of how this stuff works. Either way, it doesn't benefit you. So you may be saying, but my cousin so-and-so works in the so-and-so department. They told me that that's how you build credit. I'm telling you, they don't know what they're talking about. How do I know this? Because the credit card companies, the, the credit score companies, they tell you exactly how they calculate utilization how they calculate how you get credit for using your credit card and i know exactly how that gets done right and i've tested it because me and my wife we've taken our credits from the low from the fives and the 600s all the way up to the sevens and 800s right we've talked about this before and we did this using credit cards partially Right. But probably majority of what we did was because the, the, the speed at which we moved was because of credit cards. But we did not pay a dime in interest. Right. Because you don't get credit because you have a balance. You don't get credit because you're paying interest. You get credit for using the credit card because here's how it works. You swipe the credit card. Right. Then they have what they call a closing date where they close the statement. Right. And whatever the balance is on that statement date is what they actually report as far as what you've utilized for the your credit purposes, right? So if I put $100 on a credit card, right, and 20 days later, or 18 days later, or even two days later, the statement closes, right? On that statement date, it'll close, say, I have a balance of $100, they will send that balance to the credit bureaus. Right around that same day, they will process a bill for me to pay a hundred dollars. Or actually, they would have like a minimum payment of like fifteen dollars, but the balance would be a hundred dollars. I'd get that that bill maybe in a couple of weeks, and I have another couple of weeks to pay that bill. If I pay that bill in full at that time, which is almost a month later, I can pay that hundred dollars in full. And I get my balance back down to zero. 
why does that not hurt me? It doesn't hurt me because they've already told the credit card companies, the credit bureaus, that I had a balance of $100 30 days ago when the statement closed, right? It doesn't wait for me to pay the minimum, pay interest on the remaining $100 or whatnot, and then tell the credit card company, look, this guy's doing really good. That happens a long time ago. So as long as you pay your bill, when it comes through, you're good to go. The balance has already been sent to the credit bureaus and you've already gotten credit for utilizing that credit card. So you do not, I repeat, you do not have to pay interest to build your credit. Right? Second way how to not use credit cards. Don't use credit cards without having the money to back them. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit later, how we use them. Right. You want to use your credit card like a debit card. If you do not have the money, you do not spend it on the credit cards because that's how you use debt, not necessarily credit. We're not going to get in that today, but just want to make sure I touched on that. And then one and... This is probably the big one, especially my people who make decent money. They make enough money that they feel like they don't necessarily have to worry too much about it. And I find that it's a lot of people that listen to the show. They make pretty good money, but some of it is almost it's almost like it's too good because you don't really pay much attention to it. Then you look up, you don't know where your money is gone. Right. But these uh, don't hope to pay your credit card in full with money that you've not received yet, which is pretty much goes back to what I just said. Don't spend it without the money, not having the money. But a lot of times people say, well, you know, I'm okay because I pay my credit cards off in full every month anyway, but they pay it off or they hope to pay it off with money that they hope that will be coming in sometime in the future. I've talked about this before. We only make decisions and purchases based on income, not if come. Money that may come in. We want the money that's already come in. We want the income, the the money that came in already, not hoping that if the money comes, I'd be able to pay this all the way off. So you might be saying, I got a pretty steady job. I work for the government. I work for this. I work for that. I'm a teacher, teacher. I'm tenured, whatever the case may be. You may feel like you're really secure in your job. Right. And that's fine. But let me tell you, it doesn't matter how secure your job is. There may come a time in your life where that paycheck just doesn't show up, right? Something happens. It doesn't come right. It is not the right amount. I don't know what it is. But if you continue to play that Russian roulette, you continue to wait on that next paycheck, I'm telling you, you're playing with fire. Ask all the people that did not get a paycheck when Hurricane Harvey came through here, wiped out. A lot of businesses, HR departments, things like that. The people who could even get in to do the payroll for the week. And if they didn't have like an online system to do it, people didn't get their paychecks. Right. If people didn't go to work for that week that everything was pretty much shut down, they didn't get paid. Right. Because you got to go to work to get paid because we're trading time for dollars. We're trading our labor for paychecks. Right. Right. And during natural natural disasters like that, that we had down here in Houston, things are shut down and you may not be working. And the people that are writing your paychecks may not be working. You may not get your paycheck. 
that happened? What if you were waiting on that paycheck to pay bills? You'd be in trouble. Then you got to put it on credit cards and then you got to pay interest because then you got to catch up because your checks don't come in. They probably didn't come in as much as possible. Especially if you didn't work the hours that you were supposed to work. Yada, 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 yada. We've literally got to get away from this if come thing. We got to stop hoping and waiting and and betting that the paycheck is going to come in on time, the proper amount to pay for bills that's sitting there waiting for the paycheck. You can't make decisions that way, right? And that's what we talk about a lot. If you've ever heard me listen to, if you ever heard any of my other interviews on any of the shows, I talk about this. I've talked about this several times on this here podcast about how we live on last month's income. We call it being LMI certified, right? It's a stage, <laughs> so to speak, kind of in our financial journey. And this this what makes what we do with our credit card so powerful. It's how we manage the money. It's how what we do with the money when it comes in. And for those who are not familiar, when we get paid, let's say here we are, uh, by the time you're listening to it, it'll probably be what, November or close to it, right? So let's say uh, we're getting ready for November to come around. In the month of October, the paychecks that we received in the month of October, they're just sitting there waiting for us, right? We don't touch them. They just sit there waiting because we don't need them right now. What we do at that point, though, is we will sit down uh, at the end of October, and which will be probably tomorrow. If you're listening to this, it'll be probably uh, Halloween. If you're listening to this the day it gets released, we'll sit down and we will allocate. We'll figure out what we made, what we brought in for the month of October. And then we will make our decisions based on money that we have in hand. The money that we made in October, we will make our decisions based on that. We will then tell our money what to do. We will give our money jobs. We will allocate our money. Right. We'll put our money in buckets. We'll give ourselves personal money. We'll figure out what our bills are and all that stuff gets taken care of. It gets allocated and gets paid or at least set up for automatic payment on that very day. Right. So it's really important if you want to understand how we use credit cards the safe way. It's important that you understand that we are ahead of our money, not necessarily behind it. We're we're not. If you're waiting on paychecks. Right. So a lot of people live in check to check. Right. Majority of the United States of America, 76 percent. The last time uh, they did research on this, 76 percent of Americans are living check to check. If you don't know what that means, here's real simple rule of thumb. If you're using this month's paychecks to pay for this month's bills, you are living check to check. Paycheck to paycheck. Right. You're one paycheck missing away from being late on your bills. You are living check to check. Right. That's real simple. Just as just as clear as I can cut it right there. Right. So that's that. Let's get that out of the way. So by doing it this way, we know exactly how much we have. Right. And we can make good decisions. Right. Logical decisions. Not based on what we think is going to come in for the month, but exactly what we already have before the month starts. This way, there's several benefits, right? But some of my favorites is we only talk about money really that one time before the month starts. Now, before we were on last month's income, we couldn't do this, right? We had to, we had to, we had to do it. We would get in front of one paycheck and then we would do like, 
you know, last week's income, right? Or last two weeks income or last paychecks income, right? We had to do it twice a month when we first started this, when we first got ahead of our money. We're at a point now that we're a month ahead of our money. We can probably be two or three or four months ahead of our money, but we just choose not to do that. That's a little too far for me. But anyway, uh, so when you're first starting off, you just may have to be a week or two. You may have to do this twice. But for us, we do this once a month. We talk about the money. We decide on the money. We allocate the money. And then we don't think about it anymore. Everything is paid on automatic payments, comes out of the credit cards, comes out of the accounts, whatever the case may be. Right. So. It starts there, but here's how we use our credit cards. So let's say, for example, we have $500 for groceries, right? And we go to the grocery store and we spend whatever. Let's say we spend $200 at the grocery store. We put it all on a credit card. Now, mind you, when we sat down at the beginning of the month or before the month started, we would allocate $500 for groceries or $600 for groceries, whatever it is, right? So let's say $500 just to keep it simple. We would allocate $500 and you can do this anyway. You can do this on a piece of paper. You can do envelopes. We did the cash envelope thing for a while. It's not for us anymore. I don't think it's a very modern way to do things. It's a little bit of a hassle, especially when you got four kids and I don't like going to the banks and credit unions and stuff like that, trying to get denominations. But anyways, a whole different deal. Today we use software, right? And if you want to learn how we do that more, if you, you want us to sit down with you one-on-one, we'll show you exactly how we do that and you can utilize it and how you can use it for your own situation. But anyway, so we have a software. The software allows us to allocate money that we have. So we'll have $500 there for groceries, right? And so what we do is we go to the grocery store, say we spend $200 on the groceries at the grocery store. We swipe it on the credit card, right? Swipe it on the credit card. We can take our groceries, take them home. We eat them, grub, blah, 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 this and that, right? So, you may be thinking, okay, what happens next? Then what happens next is nothing, right? Because we've allocated this money already beginning of the month, that money's already just sitting there in the account. The credit card company takes the $200. Next month, they'll send us a bill, right? Then it's time to pay the bill. The bill for that $200 then just gets taken out of our checking account. But it gets taken out of our checking account, and we're not even thinking about it. It just happens automatically. Why? Because we allocated this $200 a month ago or two months ago, whatever the case may be, however the cycle works itself out. We don't think about it. It pays itself. There's no reconciliation that we got to worry about. There's no, you know, there's no trickery. We don't have to write this down on this sheet of paper and transfer this to one spreadsheet or whatnot. It just works out that way. And what happens is we run up our credit card balance will be really high. It looks like we use a lot of it. Then it gets paid back down and we move on from there. It's not even something we think about. It is a seamless experience. But at the same time, we utilize the same technique, the same deal to bring our credit scores all the way up. And mind you, we did not use any debt, right? We use no risk. Well, I guess there's a risk if our bank blew up and we lost all our money. I guess that could happen. But we utilized no risk. We paid no interest. But we got all the rewards. We got all the the benefits of using a credit card. We got the safety. Because I told you before, the reason why I even stopped using debit cards is because my debit card got caught up in a couple of breaches and I actually had money come missing out of my account. And I it's difficult it's it's harder to get your checking account reconciled than it is to get your credit card account reconcile because it's not your money 
when it's your money and it's actual money from the bank, you got to go through all kinds of stuff. You got to file police reports. You got to wait for your money to come through. It's it's all kind of affidavits and notarizing and this and that. It's it's a hassle. And me personally, I just vowed not to go back through that again with using my debit card and having it out there and people having access to my checking account and then end up wiping me out. Right. So I was like, well, I'm just got to be another way. Using credit cards was that alternative for us. Right. So that's basically how we use it. I mean, it's not rocket surgery whatsoever. It's literally we have money. We sit down and we talk about the money. We allocate the money. We spend it on a credit card. That money is set off because, again, we've already allocated for it. The credit card company takes it. They got a bill. The bill comes through. Automatic payment gets paid. We're back to square zero, right? Back to square one. We just do it again over and over and over again. We just, it's not even that it matters that much, (laughs) right? Uh, It's not even like anything changes for us. We're just swiping a different card. It's just coming out of a different bucket, right? Or a different account, but it's literally coming out of the same account, right? But it's a safer way to do it because we're not wondering, we're not hoping that a paycheck that's going to come here in another couple of weeks will be able to pay off that credit card. It's already paid off before it's even swiped. And I hope that's the picture that you got from that, that this is not about hoping that you'll have enough money, right? This is about literally allocating your money that's already come in and utilizing these tools to your advantage, not their advantage, right? Now, we don't make a whole bunch of money on rewards. We make 40, 50, 60, sometimes 80, $100 a month. You know, then uh, we may be experience. We may experiment here soon with like um, travel rewards and stuff like that. We don't do a whole lot of plane flying and things because we got all these these kids and yada yada yada. So cash back for us is what works, right? And a lot of cards that we use gives us five ten percent discounts and plus cash back and things like that. So that's kind of how we utilize our stuff. But that's basically it in a nutshell, right? That's how we use credit cards safely. In an effective manner. Again, it's not rocket surgery. It's real simple stuff. But it's these small tweaks that nobody ever told me about that I want to make sure that I tell you about. I want to make sure that you see that it is possible. You don't have to be afraid of financial tools that's out there, whether it be credit cards or whole life or 30 year mortgages or whatever the case may be, right? There's a lot of people out there that's going to tell you, uh, going to give you a lot of fear, right? And tell you to run away from certain things. But that's their own fear. It's from their own life experiences. And I get it, right? I understand. I get it because I was done wrong by some credit cards. I've had some bad experiences with credit cards in my life. So I get it, right? But if we're going to get our money right, If we're going to keep our money right, if we're going to grow our money right, sticking our head in the sand or running away from financial responsibility won't get us there. It definitely won't keep us there. Right. The more and more I learn about this money stuff, the more and more I learn about how extraordinary that we need to be. How against the grain that we need to go. That we need to get it for ourselves, not just get it, but get it. When I say get it, I mean understand it. 
really get it, really understand it and how you can use it to apply to your life. Take everything I say, take everything that Dave Ramsey says, Susie Arman says, Robert Kiyosaki says, you know, Steve Harvick, whoever it is, David, Bob, whoever it is you listening to, take everything that everybody says, stir it up, watch it through, comb through it all, filter it through, apply it to your life. How does this work for me? Who stands to benefit if I do this this way? What's the downside if I do it that way? What if I don't do it that way? What examples do I have of people who have done it that way that are making it work? Right? These are the questions I ask myself. When people ask, tell you, hey, you should max out your 401k, I ask who's maxing out their 401k? What examples of people do we have that have maxed out their 401k and they've retired, you know, wealthy or whatever? Right. I, I want to see that. I want to see those numbers. When I look at those numbers, they don't look that great because few people have access to that much money that they can max out their 401k, at least over a long period of time. Majority of 401ks get tapped into to cover uh, emergencies. Why? Because they didn't do the foundational work. They didn't put the money to the side. They didn't understand the importance of staying lean and liquid. They may be lean, but they may not necessarily be liquid. Right. You got to understand that. You also got to understand that no matter what, if you don't continue to grow and increase your income and increase your skills and be st- and stay relevant, you won't be able to keep up with inflation. Inflation will eat you alive. Along with taxes. Right? Along with ignorance and interest and debt, it will eat your wealth alive. If you don't understand that these are your enemies, Right. These are the things that prevent you from leaving your kids, kids a legacy. And if you think that buying an insurance policy and leaving your kids one hundred thousand dollars. Is a good deal. Well, we'll talk about that (laughs) for another time. Right. So anyway, I hope that was helpful. I hope you got it. If not. Feel free to ask questions here in the show notes. Again, the show notes, just head over to yourmoneyright.com forward slash 71. You'll see the show notes there. I'll put links, to all the things that i mentioned here, all the past shows that we've talked about here. And remember, it also, if you have learned anything, please do me a favor, share this thing out and consider leaving us a five star rating and review an Apple podcast. That really helps a whole lot. Every time I see those reviews coming in, we get an extra bump in our listens and more people hear about what we're doing and how we're trying to affect change, especially when it comes to our, our personal finances. And I really believe like no matter what movement you're a part of, right? Whether you are Black Lives Matter or you're in a feminist movement or whatever your situation may be, right? We need to be able to manage the, the resources that we have to fully affect change the way we want to affect it. Because we're up against people who have a ton of money. Right. So we have to be even more diligent on what we do do with the dollars that we do have. And if you never learn how to be diligent with the dollars that you do have, you never come up with a system. Right. If you never come up uh, with a game plan for your money to work for you. You always be working for your money. And someday you won't be able to work anymore. And then what? Right. And then what? Let's make sure we know the answer to that. Matter of fact, let's avoid 
even have to ask ask that question, <laughs> right? Let's get our money working for us so that it never runs out, right? Because right now, real talk, right now, the way the financial industry has been teaching us about, quote unquote, retirement, it's broken, right? You work for 40 years, 40 hours a week to live off of 40% of what already wasn't enough when the cost of milk has gone up 400% by the time you're ready to retire, right? They talk about this inflation rate as one, two, and 3%, but our biggest expenses are our housing. And housing doesn't go up just one, two, and three percent. It goes up five and ten, and, and and you know that type of percentage. That's that's what housing does, right? Cost of living. They don't talk about that no more. I'm gonna talk about it though. So uh, I'm gonna keep it real with you as, as much as possible because we gotta have those things. We gotta stay lean, right? Don't overconsume. Don't be silly with your money. We gotta stay liquid. Right. So we got to be able to take advantage of opportunities. We got to be able to take advantage of the, the the emergencies in our lives. Right. Be able to to reconcile those as quickly as possible. And we got to stay relevant. We got to continue to learn. We got to continue to grow. We got to continue to stay in in the know. So knowing what's coming down the road, what skills we need to build so we can continue to increase our income and, and stay relevant. Right. Because it's only the people who are relevant will be paid. If you're not relevant, you become irrelevant. You become useless. From a market perspective right not from your own personal human <laughs> your human value or whatnot uh but anyway let me get on out here i'm starting on tangent i'm supposed to be closing out but again thank you so much for listening head over to our website yourmoneyright.com forward slash 71 leave a comment uh, a question or whatnot don't forget we also have the facebook group you can come join us on the money misfits and if you're not on the email list get on the email list for guides and all of my best stuff i write uh weekly emails i send them out uh and that's how we do all our communication so if you want special invites or trainings webinars and first dibs on all kinds of stuff make sure you go to our website and sign up for my best stuff uh, at the website just put in your name and your email and you'll be good to go so with that being said look i really 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 do appreciate you listening i really do i'm serious i really do i love you not really i do i really do i love you and god bless MPS 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 I said we talking about money money, 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 money,